let me start with this. You know, we are living in very strange times, right? I mean, it's quite clear we're living in a world where, you know, we are wondering, like, you know, is, is it going to be off like this forever, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, everybody is, uh, is disconnected, right? And we are now living in a world that's kind of looking like this. Uh, and Bill Gates said yesterday, it was a really interesting show I watched with Bill Gates, who was a very smart guy, one of my favorite uh, uh, thought leaders. He said that America is looking at 18 months of this scenario, right? uh, and yeah, I mean it's it's pretty dreary. I think it's we have to say, well, you know, how do how do we change? How do we adapt? You know, how do we move into a world that's going to uh, look a little bit different? So I want to start by saying I think this is something that I call the Great Transformation. Right? Um, some people have said it's the Great Depression, <laughs> you know, but uh, I think it's a Great Transformation. And uh, my graphic team the other day made this really funny animation to where they, they are showing us essentially what the souvenir of 2020 looks like and people are going to think of 2020 as being the time where everything <laughs> became like this, right? So I think it's a time of great transformation. And one thing that's happening uh, worldwide, you can see that people are collaborating in unprecedented ways. I mean, even ourselves, some 50 people from the Features Agency, we've never really collaborated in this way. And now we're here, we're talking to each other. And, and there's also a lot of solidarity between countries, you know, Germany, Austria have sent masks to Italy, and you know, people are doing things that are not necessarily monetarily uh, valued, and we're basically rethinking solidarity. And I think this is a very good start for us. Also, when we think about work, it's quite clear that having those kind of human skills, you know, understanding things, you know, that's being valued again, and of course, uh, valuing each other. I think we're also going to move into a world where we're going to see Europe step up and become another place of uh, taking advantage of this. I mean, you know, if you're looking at the overall scenario here and which way we're headed, it's quite clear that Europe seems like it's going to take a leading role. Many people have said Europe uh, is in the beginning, but I think it's going to look like this, right? Um, the concept of the United States of Europe, people have been laughing about for a long time, but I think now is a time that we can prove that we can do this. The Eurobonds, I think they're coming. Uh, for the future of work, that's also very positive. I think we're going to have a pan-European economy. Um, huge debate, of course, on how exactly that will be affected and so on. So second point is, you know, we're going to move to a world where it's basically remote everything, right? where we're going to be able to, uh, to attend remotely, uh, to go into the cloud, to, to do things that previously were impossible. I mean, this is going to be a world that is quite like this, right? We're all going to feel much more digitized. Okay, there's another person here that's not supposed to be here. There you go. Go away. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I think in this world, how we're going to connect with each other on, on augmented reality, virtual reality, that's going to be quite mind-boggling. Uh, we'll take a lot of new skills. I mean, even ourselves practicing for the session, right? Three hours of getting the tech down and all these kind of things. I mean, that's... Uh, and looking at further down the road, I think we're going to see some pretty amazing technology here, like this. Uh, Brain-computer interfaces. I think I mentioned in my article a couple of weeks ago, in the near future, I'm going to go to the airport and go into a holographic room that costs a million dollars. I'm going to travel to Sydney to speak to you all in person, parenthesis. Right? Uh, I think that's not too far away. Um, quite clearly, I think the travel is going to be a very big deal in the future. Uh, a lot more virtual travel, right? a lot more travel through systems like this. 
online conferencing is going to be a big deal. We're never going to stop to see each other. That, that's quite obvious. Uh, but these things are becoming the new normal, kind of like WhatsApp or Spotify has become the new normal. And I think we're going to be, live in a world where this kind of idea of connecting virtually and, and to figure out how we're going to actually do this remotely becomes the new normal. I think in many ways you can say that uh, this, right? airports, airplanes, yeah, we're looking at the deep crisis, how we work in the future, where we travel, why we travel, right? This is obviously going to be a big deal for airlines and I wouldn't want to be in the airline business uh, or, uh, or for that matter, the cruise ship business, you know, which is pretty much at the end. Uh, so point number three is we're going to see travel bans. We're going to see restrictions on travel. I think New Zealand has said until the end of the year, nobody can come and go uh, or go rather, but not come. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new restrictions and that's going to really impact the future of work. Uh, I think in a few years it may change, but also now we've learned how we can do these things. So that creates a different deal and a different possibility. Uh, fourth point I want to make, digital economy, right? Everything is digital economy now because everything is digital. Uh, everything is moving to the cloud. All our skills have to match the digital economy. That's where all the money is going. The tech companies are profiting vastly from this crisis and also helping uh, greatly from the crisis. We're going to see, I think, just uh, later next year, a lot more regulation on tech. You can only imagine uh, countries like Israel and other ones are uh, getting to sort of a default surveillance level right, because of the, the corona crisis. That can't last. I think we're going to have to figure out how we do this because in the end, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it could be sort of a, yeah, used as a weapon, right? Uh, when you look at the technology ultimately becoming something like this, right? It could be a present or it could be a bomb, right? And so I'm a little bit worried about this. I think we need to really keep an eye on this and make sure that uh, because we work remotely, we're not subject to insecure uh, situations and things like that. F uh, fifth point is climate change. Right? Clearly, um, after we go through the current corona crisis, we're going to see this as re-emerging as the number one topic, or this is the number one topic, right? I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, many people who have denied the fact that corona was an issue were also climate deniers, right? primarily the Republican Party in the US, for example. Right? Neither climate change existed nor the corona crisis. That was the Chinese problem. Right? So we need to look at this in the future and say, well, if we can deal with something like the corona crisis, how can we deal with climate change? This is the next, really next big thing. Uh, adaptive measures will be absolutely huge here. Right? And we're going to move to a, a form of what I call sustainable capitalism. Um, I think that is something that is going to be giving us a new purpose when we talk about work. Right? I call this the quadruple bottom line, people, planet, profit, uh, people, planet, purpose, and prosperity. Uh, that's sort of a realignment of capitalism. Uh, Al Gore called this sustainable capitalism. And of course, in Europe, we had the Green New Deal, fueling all these things. There, there'll be 100 million new jobs in this environment cleaning up energy, shifting from oil. So lots of new work there. I think if you understand technology, understand humans, that's kind of quite clearly the, the new human job. Uh, let me wrap up by saying, I think this is our future. These are the things that make us human. These are the things that machines can't do. I call them in my book, Technology versus Humanity. I call this the andro-rhythms, the, the human things, right? Uh, and I think this is very important that we figure out how to maintain this, how to teach our kids about those things, because in 20 years, that's what humans do. 
and machines will do the opposite. Right? The Moravec paradox, as Moravec, the researcher once said, whatever is simple for human is hard for a computer and vice versa. Right? That's the future of work in a nutshell. Don't compete with computers because computers are getting pretty smart like this. You know, basically, if you're looking at this scenario, it's quite clear that humans can get to information uh, intuitively very quickly. Like I can meet a person 0.4 seconds later, I kind of know who they are. Uh, impossible for machines. And, and AI is still circling around the issue. Like, like, for example, I was wondering on this whole corona crisis, what was the role of AI? Did it help us? Did it do anything meaningful? <laughs> like, yeah, not really. So you know, those are human decisions that we have to make. I also think ultimately this is the scenario, right? Uh, this here is human intelligence. There's about 10 different kinds of intelligence. Very important for the future of work. Kinesthetic, emotional intelligence. This is why women are uh, driving the future. This is why we're going to see more women politicians. Uh, also, because you know, these are skills that are sometimes difficult for men. Uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, we're focused on the sort of production technology part of things. Right? And the computer brain here. Right? So very important for the future of work. Sir. So um, basically on this, I'm going to wrap up by saying I think that technology for us, we must think about uh, uh, two things, right? That's the EQ and the IQ uh, when it's about education. I think STEM education is great. We're going to need more STEM, obviously, more healthcare, more science, more, um, more people dealing with all those issues, clearly. But on the other hand, I think our future of work is to be more human to actually understand how humans work, the EQ, right? the things that machines don't do. And I think we're going to see that reinforced in this crisis away from this thinking of productivity and profit and growth and you know, all those things towards more of a stable world, more of an ecosystem, more collaboration, which requires EQ, not just IQ. Right? Uh, I think Einstein once said the, uh, the most horrible thing you can imagine uh, is a person or a machine that only has IQ. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely something we need to work on. So I'm going to wrap it up here. I think uh, I would sometimes say, you know, the failure, the failure to adapt is failure to exist.